Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Optimize Your Body podcast. I'm going to be doing uh, a physique masterclass today, right? So there's going to be a ton of value in today's episode, right? Now, I'm going to be teaching basically you in very short, you know, really, I'm going to wrap this up pretty quick considering I'm going to teach you all of the main principles when it comes to building the body of your dreams, hence why I've called it the physique masterclass, right? And if anyone's got any questions on the Instagram live, you can ask me at the end. It might be valuable for my podcast audience anyway. But let's get stuck into the biggest problems first and foremost, right? To anyone listening or watching this, when it comes to building the physique of your dreams and getting into the shape of your life, and more importantly, being able to sustain that. You know, I always talk about this or optimize your body because it is absolutely paramount. It doesn't matter what you achieve with your body or health and fitness. If you can't sustain it or maintain what you've built, then you're always going to be fighting a losing battle, right? There's nothing worse than actually getting in shape, in fact, and then losing it all, right? And most people can resonate with that, especially when it comes to weight loss. So the biggest problems, because everyone knows here, I've coached, well, by proxy, I've transformed over a thousand, you know, thousands of people's lives now, right? And directly probably over a thousand as well as a coach. And ultimately, the biggest problems, number one is, People really just don't know what to do, right? And that's why, you know, one of the reasons, I guess one of the many reasons why a lot of people hire me is because they really don't know what is. I say to people when I take a lot of people on, generally it's like, imagine you've, you're driving a car, right? Anyone watching this as well now with your direction in terms of your vision, with your health and fitness goals and what is really achievable with your body. A lot of people are like in a car with no sat nav, basically. Imagine you've got a car and you don't know where the bleeding heck you're going, right? And ultimately, you're just going on the road to nowhere and you don't know how to get to the destination. Well, that's where a great coach comes in. See, he'll basically be the sat nav and direct you. Now, some people need more than that. They need structure. They need, you know, accountability and stuff like that. Um, but not knowing what to do is a big problem. Second thing is exercising versus training, right? How many of you listening back to this is like, there's a fundamental difference, right? When, you, when you're exercising, okay, um, and you do an exercise you potentially might enjoy. Fantastic. And training with intention, fundamental difference, right? So I'm going to cover that. Third, the third one then is ultimately uh, the biggest problem then is obviously calories, right? And nutrition. That's another huge, probably the biggest problem really when it comes to people transforming their body. Fourth problem then is a plateau. Um, it's inevitable that at some point on your journey, several times, you're going to be hitting a plateau in terms of your body stops responding as much. And ultimately, you're not really seeing the results that you want. And that's pretty normal. You got to normalize that. But the key thing is knowing how to smash through that plateau real quick. You don't want to be stuck there. Like, you know, you just, it's not right for you to be stuck in a plateau. Right. And the fifth problem then is don't know what is possible, really. You really don't know what's possible. You lack vision and you don't have the clarity in terms of where you're going with your physique and everything. Right. So for anyone who's just joined, we're doing a physique masterclass. There's going to be a ton of gold in this ton of gold in this episode, right? This live and podcast episode, ask questions at the end, right? Simple as that. So let's get stuck in then, right? So before we get into it, right? I'd like to ask you, you know, and if you're listening back to this on the podcast as well, just ask yourself this question. What are you unsure about when it comes to changing your physique? If anyone wants to give me feedback on that now real quick, we can, we can dive into maybe one or two quick pointers on that. What are you unsure about, ladies and gents, watching the live when it comes to changing your physique? right? And if you're listening back, really ask yourself, what is it? Is it like, I don't know what I'm doing with my calories and nutrition? 
I really don't know what I'm doing in terms of my intention with training. Am I training right? Am I, am I, am I you know, following a structured program and doing things which are specific to the results that I want? You know, what is it? Is it sleep? Is it, you know, not managing your stress? Is it simply not being consistent enough? Or is it you don't know how to track? There could be several different things, right? I don't know how to track my progress, right? Because you're just simply weighing yourself. There's so many different things. But what are you unsure about when it comes to changing your physique? Ask yourself that question, right? I'm going to get into the first principle now on this physique masterclass, right? Now, the first thing you want to focus on, okay, let's have a look now. We've got a little bit of feedback here, and I'll read one of them out. Uh, calorie intake and keep into it. Yes, Sonny. Thanks for sharing. And that is one of the, I'm going to cover that on one of the principles anyway, in terms of how to get your calorie intake right. And what you just said then is what I alluded to at the start, right? Keep into it, which is the hardest part, especially with nutrition and behaviors with food. Sustainability is key, right? So let's get stuck into the first principle, right? The first one is essentially just understanding the process, right? And knowing how to track your metrics. So for example, with our clients, you know, again, it depends on what the person's looking to achieve, but the metrics are pretty much the same, right? What gets measured can get managed. Remember that, right? Take that in. What gets measured can get managed, okay? In other words, what you track, you can actually control. So when it comes to your progress, photos don't lie, all right? Very simple. Taking progress photos, you know, you could do them every week. And this is like, and again, this is the value in, in kind of having a coach, right? It's like giving you that peace of mind, knowing you're on the right track. Do we need to tweak or change anything, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but if you're doing it yourself, just make sure you're frequently taking photos, maybe every week, every two weeks, or maybe every month. And that depends on where you're at with your body image as well, right? Um, it's more a case of, you know, if you do it every week, is that going to be, you know, if you're doing it yourself, is that too frequent? You know what I mean? You're not going to see uh, much changes week to week, really. So maybe every fortnight or every four, every four weeks, if you're doing it yourself. With our clients, we sometimes do it one, once a week, sometimes once a fortnight, and with a handful of people, it's every every month. Um, but also tracking your body fat and stuff as well, right? Really, you know, if you use a Dexter scanner, a Dexter scanner is probably one of the most accurate machines you can use, D-E-X-A. They normally have them. They, they're quite hard to come by, but they do have them in, in, in a lot of places now. They're more, more uh, common. Uh, or just simply, as long as you're consistent with it, you know, you can do those body stat machines, which they have in the gym. As long as you're consistent with what you're tracking, that's the key thing. Nothing's going to be perfectly accurate. But as long as you're doing it like the same time of day and you're doing it the same frequency, whether that's once a month, you know, with your body fat and your lean body mass, if you're doing a DEXA scan or using the body stat machine, I would say doing that every or body body fat calipers are great. If you get a good pair of body fat cal calipers, probably going to set you back probably about 200 US dollars or something like that. If you get a really good set, uh, the skin fold, obviously with the calipers, you're pinching the fat, right? You're pinching the skin fold. So as long as you're doing it consistently, you're doing it, you know, at the same time of day, you're doing it every two, four weeks. And you're keeping that consistent, it's going to give you an idea, right? Um, but also, it's like measurements as well. Obviously, body measurements, simple with the old tape measure. Yeah, so it's just having the metrics in place. They're kind of the main ones and then weighing yourself as well, right? To see what's happening with your weight, which I'll talk a bit more about anyway. But just to wrap up kind of principle one, to keep it really, really simple, you know, you need to understand the process. You need to know what metrics to track and be consistent with that. And, you know, with what we do, right, we coach the person, not the process, right? So we're always like coaching the person, the individual, and getting them to understand, oh, okay, this is how my body responds better. My body responds better to, responds better to this type of training, this type of rep range. Um, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I notice I get this information, or I get these issues when I eat these foods. So, you know, it's, the process is very important, but ultimately learning and, and, and actually um, being aware throughout the process. So, Because no one's going to be a better coach than yourself anyway, right, in terms of knowing your body. But yeah, that's really, really important. 
Um, and remember, it's never linear, right? On this journey of building the body of your dreams, it doesn't happen in a straight line. It's up and down. Life gets in the way, the body, you know, you have more stress, especially with weight loss. You know what I mean? There's so many different things that can affect that, which I'll talk about. Yeah. So basically, it's never linear. You know, it's it's basically up and down and the process is never a straight line, basically, right? When it comes to getting in shape. So there's basically three phases to achieve lifelong change, which I talk about to clients. Number one, really, with your physique and everything is paying attention, getting your awareness up, right? Paying attention to the food you're eating, paying attention to how your body responds, uh, learning about, you know, training in terms of the right intensity and everything else. The second one is integration then, actually integrating what you've learned and being consistent with that. And the third thing then, which is the, the holy grail, if you like, is basically um, having everything automatic, right? So it's like where I'm at now, everything's automatic. The, the decisions I make with food, being in shape now, being in like incredible shape all year round and pretty much shredded all year round is just an automatic thing for me now, right? Because I've learned my body, I've understood the process, right? And I've been consistent over the years, right? Simple as that. All right. So number two, the second principle, right, is um, is exercise versus training, like I just touched on. Now, there's a fundamental difference between exercising, like doing classes or doing exercise you enjoy. Fantastic. It could be a hobby, whatever. Great. That's fantastic, right? Um, exercise is key, right, for, for longevity and health. But there's a fundamental difference between exercise and training, right? Now, tr and training with intention especially, right? So for example, for example, how to build muscle, right? Training specifically to build muscle is the key really uh, to build on the body of your dreams. When you add muscle to your body, you look better, right? You know, muscles, the longevity organs, so you're likely to live longer, strength and all that kind of stuff. But just talking about physique, adding muscle to your body makes you look better aesthetically, right? Um, but in order to achieve that, you have to progressively overload your body, right? So progressive overload is, is, is pretty simple, right? Simple in a sense, but it can be more complex depending on where you're at in your journey. But the, the main fundamentals is each workout, add in slightly more reps. You could just be adding literally one to three reps to each set, for example, and doing the same weight. Or not both of these, by the way, one of the two or three. Or you can add more weights. doesn't have to be more weight. Each, each exercise, if you could add 5%, let's just say, give or take, maximum, say, 10% on top of what you were lifting the week before. Boom, that's another way to overload your body. And then, or you could just add another set, basically. And there's another variable which people don't use as well, which is just slowing down your reps, adding more tension to your muscles, like that mind-muscle connection. That's another way to overload the body, which is a, an underused variable in my, uh, in my experience. Um, yeah, so you've got progressive overload, and it's getting the training intensity right as well, like I've talked about before. So, you know, are you training at the right intensity? Are you, you know, actually pushing yourself hard enough? and overloading your body and making sure that you're tracking what you're doing. Like we do in the program, obviously we make sure everything's tracked. Like I said, what gets measured can get managed. Are you journaling your workouts? Cause obviously we do that within the app. So there's, 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 we leave nothing to chance, right? So we know the client is simply progressively overloading the body. Are they getting the intensity, right? In other words, you know, for example, we use a very simple scale, right? And you can use this too. So for example, you know, rate of perceived exertion, basically 10, let's say 10, You've just run a marathon, right? One, you're lying on the couch, okay? Use that as the intensity scale. Very simple. You know, it depends on what type of training you're doing, but that intensity should be, let's just say, a seven or an eight or potentially even a nine, right? Sometimes even a six. Say like a six to eight on average, the intensity. 
So generally, depending on where you're at, I can't give a, a, a direct answer to everyone. Obviously, everyone's different, but generally that's the kind of sweet spot. So it's like a moderate to a slightly high intensity, really more moderate intensity done frequently, really. So hitting the body parts at least two to three times per week. So either training the full body three times a week or, you know, doing a split, a push pull split. So you're doing like, say, four to six sessions per week where you're doing like legs, maybe pull and push. Like, I'm not going to go too much into that because there's so many variables that come into that. But are you training at the right intensity, right? And it's hard to give you a direct answer. Um, but a simple thing with your your sets, for example, is like I said last time, you should be stopping one to two or one to three reps short of losing perfect form. So stopping one to three reps short of failure, right? Or one to two reps short of failure. And that's a good way to gauge the intensity, right? Sometimes it's the place to go to failure. In other words, in case anyone doesn't know, in other words, like every last rep on your set, pushing to failure. You don't want to be doing that. You only want to be doing that like 10% of the time. For the other 90%, for most people, you want to be stopping one to two, maybe even three reps short of failure. In other words, one to three reps short of losing perfect form, right? On your set, okay? So yeah, and then there's technique versus load as well, right? So it's like if you're doing heavy lifting, like you're doing one to six reps, then you want to be focusing on load, right? And getting as strong as possible. But then when it comes to technique, then if you're doing like eight to 12 rep range, for example, or even higher, 12 to 15 rep range, then it's a, it's a better opportunity for you to, and don't get me wrong, when you're lifting heavy, you need to focus on technique. But then you might want to focus more on, right, let me slow down my reps, especially if you're doing eight to 12 reps. Let me slow down my reps and do a slow, like negative portion of the reps or on the lower end portion of the rep, go slow. By the way, if you're listening back to the podcast, I know some of this, not all of this, it depends on what level you're at. Not all of this going to be, oh, you know, I know exactly what you're talking about because you have to like visualize some of this, right? And actually put it into practice. But ultimately, simply slowing down uh, your reps. If you're doing the eight to 12 rep range and focusing more on technique, you know what I mean? And then when you're doing the lower rep range, focus on, right, am I getting stronger? Yes, techniques to be, need to be dialed, but you don't want to go slow on those, those reps. You want to be just lifting hard and heavy and getting stronger, right? So, yeah, and then obviously, you know, tracking everything, like I said, and just recovery. You need to be recovering because ultimately the body isn't going to be building muscle unless you get an adequate recovery, right? So you're getting good sleep and you're not overdoing the intensity and pushing too hard in your workouts and doing more than you need to. Because then, like I said last time, your body's going to just prioritize recovery over adaptation, right? Your body wants to adapt. To build muscle and get stronger, you've got to get your body to adapt to what you're doing. And basically, it adapts by you overloading your body, but not pushing it too hard with the overload and intensity. Because if you do that and you cross the line and your training intensity is like an 8, 9, or 10 every time you train out of 10, then, then I've got to stop saying that word ultimately, right? I say it all the time. Stop saying it. <laughs> then I gotta, you're going to call me out on it now, aren't you, when I say it? But no, you want to be recovering. Uh, you want to be adapting over over just prioritizing recovery. So that intensity is key, right? Cool. So I'm going to get into these last two principles. Then we're going to do a Q&A, right? So the last, the last kind of two or three principles are really kind of shorter and sweeter, right? The third one is really priming your body for a transformation, right? This is where the calories come in. So calories in versus calories out. When it comes to building muscle or fat loss, to build muscle, you need to be in a surplus of about 5 to 15% max. In other words, above your maintenance calories, right? So to be um, to lose weight, you need to be in a deficit of about 10 to 25% below your maintenance calories, basically, right? So it's you can't argue with the law of thermodynamics, right? It's just bullshit if you're going to argue with that. I know I've got a few questions here, but I will answer them at the end. 
it's bullshit if you basically um if you argue with the fact that calories don't matter because calories are everything right um but ultimately health first and results will come i always talk about this right when you're prioritizing sleep and you're getting say ideally say seven to eight hours a night but more importantly you're focusing on the quality of your sleep preparing yourself for a good sleep going to going to sleep and getting up at roughly the same time each day right and those kind of things and basically you know having a dark room making sure you're your room is cool enough and you're not too hot because that'll that's one of the worst things for sleep. Those kind of things and focusing on, you know, managing your stress and basically just treating your body like someone you care about, right? Instead of punishing your body in the gym, you know, go to the gym because you care about your body. Having that mindset and focusing on nourishing your body with the right foods most of the time, at least 85 to 90% of the time you're eating whole foods, then the results do come when you're healthy. It's simple as that. Your body and my body now, for example, is just a byproduct of me being as healthy as I can be, right? It's as simple as that. So focusing on health and the results do come. But yeah, there's a fundamental difference between physique development, development and weight loss, right? So what's the difference? Physique development effectively is building an aesthetically pleasing physique. So building your body, eating enough food to, so you're in a tiny bit of a surplus. But you know, for example, with our clients, again, we're very dial with this. Basically, we'll make sure they're in a surplus, a small surplus, a minimal surplus. So all the calories they're eating are being partitioned into building muscle and not fat gain, right? So your your body fat percentage is still the same. Look, if you're building muscle, obviously, you are going to gain a little bit of body fat. If you want to build muscle, generally, and you're doing a building phase, you know, sometimes you can lose body fat for a period and build muscle at the same time, but that's not going to happen forever. But, you know, really, you should always be building twice as much muscle as you are body fat, right? So your body fat percentage might go up a tiny bit or stay roughly the same through that building phase. It might stay roughly the same, but you look way better anyway when you're adding muscle to your body. And that's the fundamental difference between physique development. And look, if there's certain body parts you're struggling with and stuff like that, certain body parts that you're struggling to bring up and develop, then that's when you want to really kind of focus more and add more volume to those body parts, right? So for example, if you're doing, you know, let's say you're doing full body, then you, you might want to do two exercises on let's say you're struggling with your legs you might want to do two or three exercises on legs and then just do one exercise for every other body part right so you're adding more volume another option is you you know you could if you're doing like um split routine training then what you could do is again when you're doing your your leg session right just make sure you're doing enough volume when you're doing legs at least twice a week right or if you want to build say your shoulders on your push session you might want to add an extra exercise for example so you're doing more an extra exercise for shoulders on those two push sessions for example so you're just doing a little bit more volume on that body part over the week another simple method is basically doing bands on the days in between this works wonders rubber bands yeah and literally pick three exercises for example if you want to develop your shoulders pick three exercises could be lateral raises overhead shoulder press and a face pull for example right three exercises for shoulders do 10 to 20 reps on each exercise and do three to four rounds in quick succession. Bang, 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 10 to 20 reps. Take you eight to 10 minutes max. Not high intensity, just a light pump. Really low intensity, just a light pump with a medium band. It's not a workout, it's just a pump up. If you do that on the days in between, for example, that'll bring up your, life, uh, your body parts and it'll actually aid recovery in between workouts as well. And it's just going to add more volume, right? Total volume. So physique development is actually developing your physique, focusing on building muscle and focusing on getting stronger over a long period of time. Most people need to do this for at least a year, right? People, are, you're focusing too much on weight loss and you probably wonder why, you know, why have I spent my whole life or why have I spent so much time trying to lose fat only to gain it back and I can't sustain it? It's because you haven't developed your physique enough. So firstly, you probably haven't got 
you know, good enough aesthetics anyway to look good once you or look to look like you want to look when you peel off the layers of body fat. Secondly, you haven't built your your, your metabolism up. You haven't developed your metabolism enough by building muscle because that's what muscle is going to do. It's going to speed your metabolism up, and the whole process of building muscle is going to just supercharge your metabolism. So then it makes the weight loss more sustainable, right? So yeah, physique development, you have to be eating enough calories, fuel in your body, and build a muscle. Weight loss, you're going to be, you need to be in a calorie deficit to lose the weight. But that doesn't necessarily mean if you, you're going to be look like you want to look if you haven't put the work into developing your physique. All right. So simple as that, really. And then obviously protein, having high protein, you've got to make sure you're consistently having, you know, adequate protein, right? So for example, if you're looking to build muscle, right? And you want to develop your physique, I would say on average, it really depends. You want to be having, let's just say you're in Australia or the UK, I'll do it in kilos. You want to be having give or take around about, say, at least two grams of protein per kilo of your body weight. So if you weigh, you know, 60 kilos, you want to be having at least 120 grams of protein consistently every day. If you're uh, in America, then you want to be having at least a gram of protein per pound of body weight or 0.8 to a gram of protein per pound of your body weight if you're looking to develop your physique and build muscle. Simple as that. If you're in a deficit, you're going to need more protein uh, to spare and retain your muscle and to blunt your appetite more. So you're going to need more like, let's just say 2.5 to 3 grams of protein per kilo of your body weight. Or if you're in America, let's just say 1.5 grams of protein uh, per kilo of your body weight, around about there. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, trying to do the calculations here. So having adequate protein consistently and getting most of your protein through quality, good quality foods, i.e. meat and eggs mainly, right? And then use a protein shake as backup if you're struggling to hit your target. Quality of food, I talk about this all the time, but you know, eating whole foods and the quality of your food. In other words, foods which naturally keep you satiated, you know, uh, basically send the right signals, right? To tell your body you're full and also um, that are just good for you and make you feel better energy-wise, gut health and all those kind of things. In other words, eating good quality animal sources, you know, meat, eggs, and then, you know, some fruit and some vegetables. Simple as that, really. I mean, it's not it's not rocket science, but it's more the behaviors, right? Most people, are, most of us, or most people, I'm not anymore. Uh, most people are basically hooked on those processed foods, right? And you're always going to be fighting that losing battle. I talked about this on the last podcast, um, but I would say, you know, people say the 80-20 rule, I'd say that's a bit loose. I'll be straight up with you. If you're looking to build a wool, like not necessarily a wool class physique, but you're looking to get into the shape of your life and build the body you desire, you're going to need 85 to 90% whole foods realistically, if I'm, if I'm honest with you. Obviously, I eat 100% whole foods now, maybe 95% over the space of a year, maybe. But yeah, you're going to need 85 to 90% whole foods, and you're going to have to just avoid those ultra-processed foods like the plague, basically. Simple as that. Um, yeah, and then, you know, there's a, a fundamental difference between adherence, adherence and being optimal, right? You know, oh, can I follow this meal plan? Can I eat 100% whole foods straight off the bat? The reality is you probably can't, most of you, right? You have to build it up. You have to just gradually eat more and more whole foods and just reduce the ultra-processed foods until you get to a point where you're eating all whole foods. Other people might be at a good level where you're doing that already. Fantastic. Good for you, right? But it's more about adherence than being perfect or being optimal, right? So hitting your protein target, whatever it takes, is number one, even if you're not doing it all through whole foods. Having good quality foods at least 80% of the time is going to be better than having 50% quality foods and 50% processed food because you're just not going to win doing that, basically, right? So what can you adhere to? Make changes you can stick to. And this is what we always focus on, optimize your body, sustainability, meeting the client where they're at and setting targets that people can adhere to and ultimately make second nature. And then boom, that's how you really get somewhere.
Okay, cool. I'm going to skim through this last principle. Then I'm going to answer the questions. Uh, the last, but I'm going to make this the last principle now because I don't want to waffle on too much and it's going to be too much information for you. Remember, if you can take one thing away from these podcasts or these lives, one or two things and implement it, you know, it could be game changing. So the fourth principle basically is the big old plateau that most people struggle with. Everyone struggles with at some point on their journey, to be honest. Um, but remember, like when you follow a plan, for example, or a program, it's, it's black and white, right? It doesn't take into account life. Shit happens in life. Stress hits us. For example, personal stress, work stress. You could have one night's poor sleep, for example, which could set you back, or even two nights poor sleep, or even more than that, right? Which is going to really set you back. Um, so, you know, a plan is black and white, and it doesn't take its account into life. Now, there's, there's, there's also factors, right, in terms of plateauing, for example, right, when it comes to your weight. Let's say your weight plateaus, whether you're trying to build muscle or lose or lose weight. There's so many different things that can affect this, like water. How much water have you drank? Or is your body retaining water because you're under more stress? Uh, or you've eaten, you know, the next one is food, right? So, for example, if you eat carbohydrates, if you have a day where you have more uh, sodium, for example, like more salt, you could eat out at a restaurant, for example, and eat five. Naturally, you're going to eat about five, six times the amount of salt that you would normally eat in a meal if you eat out at a restaurant because the, the meals are just laden with salt. And that's going to make your body retain, retain water. And then if you eat, add more carbs on top of that as well, let's say you eat more carbs when you eat out, then you know one gram of carbs can turn into up to three grams of water. So obviously that's going to have a drastic effect on your weight. So you can get on the weight the scales the next day and you could be up by a kilo or two kilos on the scales. You know what I mean? Um, so food massively affects weight. Then also stress, as I said, if your body's under more stress, guess what? It's going to retain water. And then you get your weight's going to change. You could have even have more inflammation if you're under more stress as well, whether that's gut inflammation or whatever. Environment as well can can really change uh, the, the number on the scales. And that could be like, again, your you stress. You could have a stressful environment. Hormones as well. If your hormones are out of whack, let's say your hormones are out of balance or whatever, then that can have a, a drastic effect basically on your um, weight, right? Uh, and then supplementation as well. For example, creatine, right? Creatine, you know, you get intramuscular water retention when you when you uh, take creatine. It's a great supplement, though. And then, uh, you know, that can make you retain water as well, right? So just to summarize now, and then we'll just do a quick Q&A before I shoot off. Just to summarize, right? Number one, like building the physique that I built did not fucking happen overnight, of course, right? And it's a process. Um, and you have to be patient. Rome wasn't built on a day, right? You know, you look at all this four-week plan eight weeks, 12 weeks, fantastic. The minimum sign up for our clients is 90 days. And that's the minimum because the 90 days is the foundation. I always say to clients, you want to look at a year, really. So creating the physique is a process and you have to trust that process, whatever process you're on. And you have to be consistent and pay attention to all the stuff I just talked about uh, just then. Right? By the way, I have a presentation on this. So if you want to see the presentation, Drop me a DM after this live and I'll send you over the presentation so you can maybe take screenshots of the slides or whatever or have a have the visuals from it. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, creating a physique is a process. Two, don't exercise. Train for a transformation. Train with intention. To do that, you do have to have structure. You've got to, got to know what you're doing with your programming, right? What am I doing, okay? But when you go to the gym, train with intention. Right, I'm looking to get this transformation and transform my physique. I need to build muscle. I need to get stronger. I need to be purposeful. Which body parts do I struggle with? Am I adding enough volume to that body part, right? So don't exercise. Train for a transformation is number two. Three, you have to prime the body for a transformation. Like I said, on principle three, which ultimately means 
health first, results will come, right? Are you focusing on physique development or are you focusing on weight loss? Pick one, my friend, because you can't have both. Can't have the best of both worlds. You know, am I am I consistently hitting protein or am I just guessing and just saying that I am, but I'm not? Um, you know, uh, and then quality of food and those kind of things. You got to be priming the body for a transformation. It's all, always the habits and the behaviors which are going to be that foundation, and then the body follows when you have those when you've cemented in those things, which don't happen overnight, right? Like you all know my journey. I've talked about this many a times. It took me a long time, right? But now I'm in like literally. I could probably get on stage, which I never would. Probably wouldn't be long before I could get on stage, right? The shape I'm in now, because uh, I'm naturally so lean. And obviously, I've built the aesthetics over the years. Um, but all my knowledge and having coached so many people, the people that stay with it and they have a process that they understand and stick to consistently, uh, obviously, the ones who get the best results, as simple as that. Finally, is the plateau, right? The, the plateau can happen and a lot of the times will happen. You've got to know how to blast through it, right? Um, and just to remind you on that with a plateau, you know, um, really, you've got to look at all the different factors that are going to affect your plateau, right? Are you training properly? Are you, are you overloading your body? And then are you phasing your training program? So you're doing like, let's say four to six weeks, you're doing one type of training, four to six weeks, you're doing another type, different rep ranges, that kind of stuff. Or are you just doing freestyle workouts and just guessing, you know, it just doesn't cut. I'm going to be straight up, but everyone is just, just not going to cut it. If you want to get a, like you want to get into the body shape of your life, you got to have a process and you got to know, right. When I plateau, how do I get through this? Right. Am I sleeping well? Is it my stress that's causing this? Or am I simply just not overloading my body in the gym or am I pushing it too far in the gym? Right. So this is why, you know, like knowing where you're at and this is why I said, you know, meeting my clients where we're at is key. So they know what to implement and what to do. And ultimately they get that awareness then with the plateau, for example, because, you know, and I just want to say about my coaching program and I say to clients as well, you want to be self-sustaining. You don't want to rely on a coach forever either. The goal is to be self-sustaining, right? So that's why you need to understand the process and understand uh, that, you know, normalizing a plateau basically, right? And knowing how to blast through them. All right, that's that. That's a wrap, my friends. So basically, I am going to do a quick Q&A. I've got a few minutes to spare. Um, Bobby, great to see you here, my friend. So if you're listening back to the podcast, just hold fire, right? Because there's there's some valuable questions here, which you might get some value out of. Uh, Bobby, thank you for the kind words. Wise words, my friend. Thank you. Um, let's have a look what I've missed here with the questions. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, so Bobby said, I'm pleased to hear you refer to tempo as a variable. That is something I've recently implemented. Fantastic. Bobby's at a good level. Like I said earlier, it depends on what level you're at. Bobby is an advanced lifter, and she's actually in great shape. And you know, for someone like her, that's a great variable to implement. And I think for most people, if you're doing like the 8 to 12 rep range, slowing down your reps instead of adding weight is going to get you better results. Pretty simple. Um, what else have we got here? Edvin, is it better to have two meals per day while intermittent fasting, 16-8, or have several smaller windows during an eating window? The answer to that, my friend, is going to be it really depends because I don't know enough about you and your relationship with food and what you were doing prior to fasting and everything else. But if I was to answer that, I would say don't make drastic changes. So, for example, if you're someone who normally eats three meals a day and eats, you know, all day, for example, you eat, you ate your first meal, let's just say at 8 a.m. and finish up. Yes, say you eat within a 12-hour window, right? And then you are going to go, right, okay, I'm going to just eat in a 16-hour window now instead. Sorry, I'm going to, instead of uh, fasting for 12 hours, or sorry, instead of eating in a 12-hour window, I'm only going to eat in an eight-hour window, right? That's 16-8. Uh, then, you know, what you, what I would say then in that case is, yeah, you could give a 16-8 a go, 
So instead of eating your breakfast at 8 a.m., perhaps you could eat your breakfast at 10 a.m. or maybe midday at a push, right? So you're just basically just fasting for 14 hours or just eating in a Fuck, I'm getting this wrong now. So you're eating instead of eating in a 12 hour window, you're eating in a 10 hour window or an eight hour window. So you start slow with it. You know, you might be okay going straight to an eight hour. So, you know, basically skipping breakfast and having your meal at lunchtime instead, like I do most of the time. Uh, or and then having your last meal then, you know, anytime you want then, really. You can have it like when you're next hungry after that, basically. Um, so to answer that question, um, it really depends on how frequently you're used to eating normally. So if you're the person who eats little and often and you're used to eating five, six times a day, uh, then perhaps you could just have, you know, three meals in that in that eight hour window or, or have two meals and then maybe something in between, really. But what I would say is just don't do anything drastic. And the answer is it really depends on what you prefer. So if you're having two big meals, right, this is what I do personally anyway. I have two meals a day most of the time. Sometimes I'll have one meal a day. I think I'm going to attempt that today. I think I'm going to have one meal a day today. Um, but I'll just have two big meals. I'll have one at about midday-ish and then one at about 6 p.m. And that works well for me. If you're having complete meals and you're having high protein, right, and you're not overdoing carbohydrates with that first meal, you know, I would say for most people, you're going to benefit having low carbs with that first meal and really high protein and fat. So meats, you know, eggs, Avocado, for example, maybe some butter, those kind of foods for that first meal, maybe some vegetables. So you have having fiber as well for that first meal. And that's going to keep you satiated most of the day, especially if you have lots of meats, you have a high protein. That's going to keep you satiated to that last meal. So if you're doing it right, if you ask me, you shouldn't need to, and you're staying hydrated, you shouldn't need to eat more than two hours really in an eight hour, uh, sorry, more than two meals in an eight hour window if you're doing it right. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of people just don't have complete meals and they have like small meals, not enough fat, maybe really lean protein, um, maybe not enough fiber and then no shit. Or they have too much carbohydrates. They have like, you know, white rice or fruit with their first meal, which will spike your blood glucose. Not to say they're bad things, those foods. And then, you know, you, you, your sugar levels come crashing down a couple of hours later and you're hungry again, right? So it really depends on what you eat, which is why I said food quality is so important, right? So that's going to be personal preference, Edvin. Um, you know, perhaps stick to what you're doing and just eat in a smaller window, really. Simple as that. Stick to how you normally eat and just eat in a smaller window first and go from there. Hope that was helpful. Another question, is there any difference in muscle gain when doing the exercise slowly or fast explosive moves while still having the same weight? Good question. <clears throat> so again, like I, I, hate, I hate to say this all the time, but again, it really depends on what the goal is and everything else, right? And where you're at in terms of, you know, how advanced are you with your training and stuff? But long story short, I'm already thinking in my head now, ladies and gents, I'm just like anyone else. Like as I'm talking now, I'm thinking about my next meal. <laughs> I'm thinking, do I do that one meal a day today actually? Or do I eat after this? Because then I don't like having my coffee too late. Anyway, uh, I'm just like everyone else. I'm constantly calculating like food in my head. <laughs> but no, um, what I would say is there's, there's always going to be a variable, right? So explosive moves are great. They're great to, to utilize that as a tool. So if you're doing like a heavy lifting phase, it's sometimes good to do a training phase where you're, you're focusing on uh, like almost power. So you're lifting the, lifting the weight explosively, right? Uh, and you could throw in some power movements there as well, like a, a high pull or something like that. Or if you're really advanced, maybe a clean, you know what I mean? So it's an explosive movement. Um, but yeah, or just doing a deadlift explosive from the ground or maybe even a squat where you're going slow on the way down and explode up. You know what I'm saying? Tempo is always a good variable that can be manipulated to get good results. 
Um, so you can build muscle from doing that. But again, it always depends on what you were doing previously. To be honest, like most people, like the stuff I'm talking about there is for the small percentage of people with the explosive stuff. Most people, 90% of people listening to this, trust me on this, focus on doing slow reps. And just all you've got to do is look around the gym, for example, right? To notice how very few people do time in the tank. I don't see anyone, literally. I look around like the gym in between sets sometimes. And I never see anyone doing it. Like, it's just a rarity. And it's such an underrated tool. Slow down the reps, right? And focus on honing in on technique. And with those really slow reps, you don't want to be doing any more than like 10 reps. If you're doing really slow reps, six to 10 reps is sweet. You know what I mean? Any more than 10 is too much. If you're doing it slow, you're not. it's just going to be too much. And you're not going to be able to, most of the time, push through and get enough tension within the muscles because that's a long ass set, right? So I recommend to answer your question, going slow um take the weight down if you're going to do those slow reps if you usually do 10 reps with let's just say you do squats with 50k right and you usually do 10 reps with that at a normal tempo 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 take the weight down by about 25 to 40 percent so take that weight down from 50k let's say to about i don't know 30 to 35 to 40k max and slow the reps right down Slow, like as you're doing a squat, for example, the lowering portion of every rep, keep it slow. So go like three or ideally four seconds on the way down, right? This is a proper, let me just give you, just so people didn't, a lot of people don't know this. Do you know, right, when you're doing a, when you're doing a hypertrophy phase, so when you're doing the eight to 12 rep range, the tempo, the ideal tempo is actually a four two two. Not sure people know that, right? So that means a four second eccentric. Do you know how fucking slow that is? Excuse the French. It's painfully slow, right? So imagine doing a squat, right? And you're going down for four seconds, right? Just imagine one, two, three, four. That's a long way down, my friend, right? And then the two part then is you pause for two seconds at the bottom. That's really important. And Arnie used to always talk about this, right? Which is probably why he was Mr. Partly why he was Mr. Olympia six times in a row because he knew what the fuck he was doing. But that pause at the bottom of every rep is so important. So important, right? That isometric pause. So when you get to the bottom of that rep, and don't necessarily, I wouldn't do this when you're doing heavy lifting, ladies and gents. This is a different type of stimulus. When you're doing heavy weights and you're looking to get stronger, I wouldn't do this. The tempo is meant to be like a 210 if you're doing a heavier reps. In other words, two seconds on the way down, don't pause at the bottom, bang, you can explode up a bit quicker. But yeah, anyway, pause at the bottom for two seconds, right? And then up for two seconds. That's eight seconds per rep. Imagine you're doing 10 reps, that's an 80 second set. That's over a minute to do one set. Do you know how painful and how effective that will be if you do it right? So simple as that. I hope that answers that question. You will build muscle doing that, ladies and gents, if you do it and you hone in on technique and you nail what I just said then and you allow yourself a bit more time for the workout, right? Because that could be a long-ass session. No worries, man. Sonny, drop me a DM after this, mate, to remind me and I'll, uh, I'll ping you over the link. No worries. Is it realistic to lose 2.5 kgs a week? That depends. I'll tell you what, Edvin, what I'll do, bro, is I'll, because I'll, you've got another question there. I'll drop you a, a DM after this, my man, and we'll chat in the DMs, mates, and uh, and we can, we can, uh, I can answer any questions you might have, bro. All right, ladies and gents, I'm going to love you and leave you.